You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. Hey everybody, this is Something Rather Than Nothing, and I am most excited to have Cola Shippentower back on the program. Hi, Cola. Yeah, I'm excited. This is going to be really cool. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, uh, been, uh, it's been a great pleasure to, um, I'd say, learn from you, uh, watch what you do. I take you a lot in uh, for, from what you do. And uh, when I went to my first uh, powwow out towards uh, Pendleton, I got to see you there. So it was a really amazing experience for me. Yeah, for me too, because I mean, we got to meet so many people virtually. And, you know, I really appreciate uh, the work that you do in providing space just for those of us just to be and to be able to have our say and to tell our stories. And that's really important to us. But, man, if COVID taught us anything, it was that we could do pretty much anything from our computer, from the comfort of our own home. So uh, being able to have that space and meet you, but then to meet you in person, in real human form (laughs) when you came out here, that was really cool. I think that's probably one of the biggest blessings that's come from COVID for me personally was building and cultivating connections virtually and then having when you meet people in person be that much more special. It, it really is special. I mean, I went I went out to New York City uh, for New Year's and um, I featured a couple times uh, opera singer. I don't know much about opera, but this is how I learned about a lot of things. Canarit uh, Ely and uh, first time at the Met and I had a, a local docent, a guest that I've been, you know, I've had on the show. And it's like, how else does that happen? Right. Like, how else does that happen except the way it happens for us? So, um, OK. I saw you signed uh, with the Oregon Ravens, which, I, you know, I check in with you here and there, but I was like, oh, okay, Cole is up to this. <laughs> tell, tell me, tell me, like, just tell us, tell me what's going on with that. <laughs> oh, man. So <clears throat> if you'd like, I could start from the, the very beginning of this journey and kind of fill you in. Yeah, yeah I want the, I want the whole journey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, You know, and everyone knows that I am a professional mixed martial artist, compete in MMA, compete in jiu-jitsu, been traveling all over the country. And one of the promotions that we usually compete through is the International Brazilian uh, Jiu-Jitsu Federation, IBJJF. And this is where people are usually seeing me posting, like, I'm heading off to Worlds for gi or no gi. And in December of 2022, I believe it was, yeah, Uh, I went to Worlds in Los Angeles, and this is a promotion where it's you could possibly be one and done. If you lose that very first one, you could be done. Single elimination. So we're putting in all this time, all this effort, all this money and energy into possibly only rolling one time. And so unfortunately for me, this is one of those experiences. But the girl I went against, and this is pretty common for me, is being one of the smallest girls in the super heavyweight division, it's really, really difficult. I am 5'5". I usually walk around about 180. And a majority of the time, the girls I'm rolling against at at IBJJF could easily be over six foot and easily be over 200 pounds. So, I mean, it's a pretty huge uh, size disadvantage for me, but it's whatever. It's the name of the game. It's what I'm doing. But the girl I went against, she was really good. 
She was big. She was strong. And for, you know, that height and that size, for her, the way she was moving, it was like, whoa. Uh, But I had a really good time. It was a really good battle. It was really back and forth. And, of course, with this sport, especially for females, because we're pretty rare, is we become friends with the people that we compete against. So really quickly, we meet, we chat. We exchange our information like Instagram. So we start following each other. Well, I noticed that she started posting about football. I'm like, oh, that's kind of badass. I mean, like yeah. she's training, competing, and now she's playing football. And I saw it was like legit. One of her pictures she posted, she's like in pads and a helmet. And I'm like, that's pretty awesome. So I'm thinking, okay, let's let's look at her post. She tags her team and it's the LA team for the WNFC and I'm like wow like okay of course it's LA they have to have this kind of stuff it's a big city so that's that's a given so I start following her team and then I start seeing that she's traveling a little bit more go to San Diego for a game she went to Las Vegas for a game and then I see Oregon and I'm like wait a minute like that's that's me that's my home state like she's coming to Oregon let's check this out and so I see that she's uh, they're competing against the Oregon Ravens. So I'm like, all right, bet. I'm going to start following them. And I see that they're based in Milwaukee, which is on the other side of Oregon from me. But I'm like, it's it's still cool. So I start yeah, following yeah. their page. I saw that they were just about halfway through their season. So I'm like, I'm just going to put in an application because they're recruiting. I'll just put an application. Probably won't hear from nobody because they're pretty much done for this year. And it's whatever. Maybe like three or four days later, I get this huge long text message from Kim Pardon, who was their general manager at the time. And she's like, I got to tell you who I am, what I do, what we hope for here at the Oregon Ravens. But I'm going to let you know, like I I checked you out, stalked you a little bit, social media, and really just dove in and looked at you. We need you to come out here. Like, can you make it to Milwaukee in the next couple of days? Cause we want to, we want to see like who you are, what you're about. And I do think the owners need to see you and you can come see the team. You can meet the team, check everything out. So, uh, I'm like, Whoa, cool. So immediately make the plans, uh, to turn around two days later, be in Milwaukee at one of the practices. And I'm kind of thinking, well, I didn't get to train today. It's like a three-hour drive for me, so I better get a workout in. I don't think much of it because, you know, I'm an athlete, so I just hopped right into their workout, and it almost kind of blew their minds a little bit. They're like, most people usually just kind of watch from the sidelines. They watch our drills. They watch the girls, how they work out, but you, like, hopped right in there. Not you. Not you. Get in. I'm like, this is – this is what I'm here for. Like you guys got to see what I could do. And it very quickly progressed. I think, um, for me, they pushed me along really fast. They're usually trying to build people up like their endurance their stamina, their conditioning, uh, to be able to carry these pads and the helmet. And I think it was about my second practice. Uh, Kim is like, I'm going to talk to the owner. I'm going to see if I can get you shelled up because you should be in here running these drills with these girls. And like, I feel like you could handle it. And so they pushed me along fairly fast. Unfortunately, I couldn't play it in any of the games because I'm not there from the very beginning to, you know, get out yeah. there. But I did attend a couple of games on the, you know, on the sidelines with the team. So get an experience like everything from the sidelines, see how the girls are, you know, getting prepared for the game, how they're warming up, how they're getting out there on the field, how the coaches are in- interacting. It is like a hype situation, like hype. I'm like, I'm a fighter. I get excited about hopping, bouncing around, getting ready to go out into the cage. But this is like 
whole nother level. Like you got like these chants, you got cheers, you got people like yeah. going through their own little rituals. And man, it was intense. And, you know, the season ended and I'm just thinking like, eh, like, I don't know if this is going to really become much of anything. And a, a huge motivating factor for me has always been my boys. And I think we've talked about this before, even with yeah, my, yeah. my MMA. I, I don't want my boys to have to look to mainstream media for inspiration or uh, motivation. And, you know, they're very active. All three of my boys are. All three of them train in jiu-jitsu. And then they have their own um, sports that they really do enjoy, whether it be football or uh, basketball or dance and they have their own interests but I still feel it my responsibility to be right there with them showing them that whatever it is that they want to do they can do it and I have an older son Abraham he's 13 he's a lineman and he's really really good and I don't say this to discredit his uh his passion for football or to downplay like his motivation but you know he's a typical teenager they they kind of lose focus on certain things and they just want to do their own thing he really loves jujitsu that's kind of his jam but you know football he hasn't quite tapped into that side that you know boys can get into um and so he's still kind of just thinking like meh it's football it's not really that big of a deal so i'm telling him i'm like all right dude you finish out this season strong and we start thinking about high school because people are looking at you already right now because of your size and your strength and how you move. So if you can stay motivated, we got to we gotta try to make it to tryouts for like fall of your freshman year. Let's see if we can do that. And it, he's very strong. He'll stand his ground even when it comes to me, which is how I've raised him. And he will try to, you know, give me his two cents where he's just like, it's hard, mom. You don't understand. And I'm like, out of all people, I don't understand. Okay. I'm like, bet you finish out this season strong. You promise me you're going to try out freshman year for high school ball. And I'll do this thing with the Oregon Ravens. Like I will put my all into it just like I do with MMA, Uh, just like I do with jujitsu. And you'll see, like, we could do this. And so he makes it through the rest of his, um, this last football season. And the very last game we had a baker and they had just had their very first snowfall of the season. And so they're out there like playing in about two inches of snow and it's freezing. We're all cold in the stands and they went into overtime. It was a really hype game. And at the very end of it, he's just like the very first thing. It wasn't like, yeah, we did hella good. It was like, now you got to play in the snow. Instantly. It was just, yeah. He's like, I finished this because you said you were going to do the same thing. I'm like, all right, then. I'm going to follow through with it. So again, it's just another outlet for me to be able to show my boys. Like if we, we set out to do something, we got to finish it. We got to complete it. And regardless of what it is, that's, that's what we're going to do. That's how we show up. And so all three of my boys are super excited because they're like, my mom plays football and yeah, you know, Abraham has now gotten to the mindset of like, all right, like next year I'm going to, I'll try out and we'll, we'll see where we go from there and I'll, I'll put my all into it. And so they're really excited. And I, the, the past few days have been a bit of a whirlwind because that was my initial mindset when I tried out for the Oregon Ravens was just as a mom, how can I use this to help my boys and to further motivate them? Not thinking too much of it and not, you know, Making it making it in anything like in my mind that's like, hell yeah, let's go. I'm I still got primary focus on like MMA and jujitsu, but also my advocacy work. But we hit uh, National Signing Day, 
which was January 5th. And everybody saw the pictures from that. And that's what everybody's yeah. all of a sudden got super hyped for. Indiesports.com <laughs> posted about it and it just blew up. And it literally blew up in my face because I'm getting calls and getting texts and messages and people are, you know, hit me up like, this is hella cool. Where did this come from? How is this start getting started? And so now here we are. And I'm still, still trying to like come to terms that this is a, a new part of my journey and it's really exciting. And I, I'm really looking forward to this, this opportunity. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's so much there in, 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 in what you said. And thanks. Thanks for uh, taking me through it. I think it's, um, that kind of reaction from Abraham that you said, where it's like, you know, the first thing was like, all right, I finished, like I did my thing. Now I want to, now I want to see you. And it's such a, I don't know, it's such an inspiring thing to hear. I, um, I, I traced my memory banks back and, uh, and uh, I had seen, um, I wasn't sure if it was a loosely affiliated like club team or the Ravens were, this is a few years ago. I mean, like 2018, I remember it was in Milwaukee because it was over at um, uh, Milwaukee High School, their football field. And a, a great friend of mine um, and colleague uh, that I do union work with, uh, her wife uh, was a player. And I had never like, you know, it was like when, you know, I hadn't been to, um, uh, uh, a women's uh, football league. Um, but I, I was brought up to speed really quick about like, yeah, that's it's football, no other funny stuff. And, um, it was, it was a great experience. So then when I saw, uh, your football Jersey pop up, I said, yeah, but I'm like, well, what the hell happened? This is so, this is so great to, uh, so great to see, um, uh, folks and, uh, listeners, there's a great, uh, short documentary that you can find, um, on the Oregon, uh, Ravens, the, the team, uh, that Cola signed with, uh, called Waymakers. And it's done, um, by a group called in good company about 17 minutes and, um, a really great short documentary. And, um, just, just talking about, uh, the women who are playing, they're like, we got tons of catch up to do societally and not being part of a football infrastructure like the like like the boys and the guys are. And they're like, we got to pull full in right now. There's no excuses. And this this is about as real as this is real as real. And uh, it was it was really inspiring. Cole, I had a question that I really don't want to forget to ask. I um, I've uh. Uh, I, I've, I've mentioned to you, I've learned a lot, you know, from you and other uh, indigenous artists and, and athletes and, and guests that I've had on the show. And I'm familiar with um, maybe a, a longer history of, uh, say, hockey uh, and uh, indigenous folks uh, hockey, I think of um, uh, there's a couple movies and famous book uh, by uh, one by Wagamese um, and uh, about about playing um hockey is there in my head i start to think back a, a relation indigenous relation to a particular sport i thought of hockey but um i immediately thought of jim thorpe football and and is is there uh is there something i won't know about maybe as far as indigenous relationship to football at all as far as the game itself goes, I don't think there's a direct connection, but I do believe that a majority of the the games like lacrosse, handball, a lot of these other field sports have a lot to yeah. do, like kind of have a little bit of like an indigenous tie to a lot of these. But again, indigenous people, we're active. This is what we do. Movement is everything from, you know, 
battles, wars, fighting, being a warrior to hunting, being able to gather all the different things that we do as a people culturally uh, are based off of these movements that we developed as children. You know, we had all of these games that were fun and kept our attention, but it was building up a lot of these skills to be able to do the things necessary to survive as a people and to keep going. So I don't think that there's really any uh, football, like American football game that we had culturally, but I do think that there was a lot of different field games that we had that would kind of mimic a lot of the things that the game of football does entail. Yeah. Yeah. So um, really exciting to hear that. I wanted to mention uh, 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 just popping over. So this kind of like, so I don't forget these things uh, about the powwow I laughed so hard during the powwow. There was the MC and what people were saying. I didn't know it would be like this really fun comedy. I, it struck me like I was, I was, I was laughing my ass off. And uh, amongst all the other wonderful aspects of the powwow, including um, I'm still digesting the fry bread um, from back uh, last summer, <laughs> which was <laughs> lovely. But um, it was such a wonderful experience. I laughed so much. I felt so great leaving it. Um, my partner, Jenny, and I had traveled from, um, we we're out in Joseph, a, a, a beautiful, you know, the land uh, I love out there, the Wallawa, and um, had that experience. And uh, yeah, just saw the the billboard sign, I said, well, and pulled in, I tell you one little thing pulled in and they had like free dry camp and like right on the ground. And I just felt like, wow, it's like, I, I just felt welcomed. Like, I'm like, okay, I can just put my tent right here and I can be at this for the next two days. Really subtle for me, but, um, it was a really beautiful, uh, experience. And then, uh, and then, and then seeing you, um, uh, it was, it was really a, a great highlight of the summer, but man, that MC, uh, I, I, I mean, I was laughing my ass off and I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably one of my favorite parts about powwows is usually the announcers, MCs usually have a really good sense of humor. They keep the people entertained and engaged and wanting to be involved in the dances that are going on. And I think that's a common misconception when people are going to powwows, they're thinking uh, ceremonial. They're thinking, Ooh, super sacred, like be very, very respectful and just stand from afar. And nope. Powwows definitely are not like that, whether you're indigenous or not. Like we as a people have always been as inclusive as we can be. And I think that's part of that aspect that you're talking about. Like there is free camping available right there on the powwow grounds to be able to be so close. I mean, if you're obviously not a night owl and it's like 11 o'clock at night and you're trying to sleep, you're just hearing like the powwow music, which is a unique experience for anyone that's never been a part of this culture before. But I, I do say that that's probably one of my most favorite parts as indigenous people is our ability to bring people in and make them feel like they are at home or welcome to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and so, so listeners, I got my, uh, Cola ship and tower shirt. I'm proud to help support Cola and, and talking about this and the football and the things that you do, um, learning about the league, right? It's like, this is a make do type of league by the, by the players. This is a make do make your time. Um, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a league that wants to grow, to be big enough to say, okay, let's sign contracts and now, but this is a beginning independent league. I also believe it's black black owned uh league minority owned and um uh so right so lots of things to do can you talk about 
I mean, knowing what you do, I mean, that part wouldn't necessarily be intimidating you, but could you tell us about, you know, interacting in, in the league kind of getting into it and that it's, it's really make it what you will, which is a lot of work, but also I, I see a lot of empowerment. Like we can make this league work as, as players. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I really think that this entire league is truly in its infancy. And with that being said, if you even go take a look at the the website for WNFC, if you take a look at their social medias or any of the players or their teams, it doesn't look like it. It doesn't oh. look like we're just starting from the ground right now. Like everything looks so like super legit and professional. It's really well put together. And honestly, I think that has a lot to do with the owners of the teams and their and their time and their commitment and their energy to building this league and with it being in its infancy, because it just started in 2019 and COVID happened. So it really shut down a lot of stuff for everyone. And so last year, I want to say was kind of like their first solid year of having this you know, pretty full roster for the the Ravens anyways. And now we're getting to this point, but it, it's exactly what you said right now, the experience for players, it's, it's kind of a pay to play situation. Yeah. And so when you get all of these women together or they, them uh, on this one team who are fully committed, not only to themselves and the betterment of themselves as an athlete, but also for the team, yeah. uh, it's really cool to see how it's coming together because we have to come up with our player fees. We have to come up with, um, we have to pay for our own gear. There's certain things that we have to come up with the funds for, but I mean, this is the the stage of things that I love being a part of. I love being a part of that foundational work. And just like with MMA, I, I was starting in a time where I very rarely ever ran into another female on the mat or, you know, training in a cage or anything like that. So uh, I am, you know, I'm very accustomed to having to put the the grind and the work in. And it's just so awesome to see this huge roster of women who have the same exact mentality and they have that heart set where they're like, we're in this, we're going to work together and make it, make it happen. And it is really exciting because I do truly believe that we're kind of just about to break through that ceiling to be able to get opportunities for players to be paid. Now there is at the end of the season, there is the, the pro team, and so that becomes a whole different situation because at that point you got all these amazing players from all the teams all over the country coming together for this one huge game to really put on a show. But I mean, right now we are truly building up what this league could possibly be. And if I could be a part of that and, you know, say like five, 10 years down the road and I'm showing up as an old head, this vet to one of the games just to be like, I used to play for you guys and see these girls going out there and, you know, working hard and getting paid for it or having some other type of representation for them, whatever the case may be. But uh, I will truly feel as though I, I helped with a little bit of that change um, with the work that we're putting in today. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it. So uh, everybody, um, yeah, make sure, make sure you check out um, Oregon Ravens. And uh, like I said, that documentary, uh, learn about this league. This is, you know, in the work uh, that you do, Colin, a lot of the work I do around advocacy, this is not, it's not sitting on the couch. You want this to help work, then, then, you know, get, get behind it and support it. I've seen, um, so in, in, in part of the show uh, that's been special for me is kind of to, uh, connect uh, with women's sports, and I tell you, I see on the um, the uh, professional women's hockey league. 
um, and I've been reading about their crowds um, this year. They they keep breaking records at least two or three subsequent games. At one, there was thirteen thousand hockey fans in attendance uh, for the professional uh, women's league, and I think the next one was fifteen thousand. And I'm like. This Tampa Bay Rays baseball games where fucking like 9,000 people are showing up. I'm like, this is it's I mean, it doesn't make everything rolls from that, but it's on. There is something going on. And despite the misogyny and such that exists, uh, you know, in our world, people are digging on women's sports. And uh, that's why I think it's like exciting to talk to you and to like lift that up. And again, there's advocacy in it of being like. You know, don't cross your fingers and assume everybody's getting paid like the guys. That's not the way our society is even structured. So kind of kind of throw in 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 support. And uh, I think there's a lot of energy behind it because the interviews I heard with the players were about that. Like, get behind this thing that we're doing. I know I'm laying out the groundwork. I know that we are. And um it's it's great for you to it's great for you to be part of it. Uh, Cola, tell us about uh, I know the seasons at different times and uh, w- what is what's what's a season look like uh, for the Ravens. So we have our very first national tryout day, which was oh the first Saturday of October, I think it was. Uh, for the Oregon Ravens, we had three different days for tryouts, but it started back in October and. This kind of starts getting that that ball rolling for a lot of the athletes who have been off season, where they're kind of like, okay, now we got to get back into the swing of things. We got to get back to training. We got to get back to you know field work, and so we start really building up to uh, the month of January, which is our national signing day, and I think that's where everything is fully hit. The coaches are looking at players, trying to see where their strengths are, uh, maybe pointing out a couple of weaknesses, and then figuring out what positions people are going to want to play for or what would be most appropriate for them and what they bring to the team. And we actually did have a mini camp this weekend. And unfortunately it was supposed to be in person, but it was canceled due to the weather that's happening in uh, Oregon right now. So pretty much Portland shut down because for some reason that side of Oregon, man, they don't know how to act when, you know, snow hits or uh, ice or anything like that. So I'm sitting Yep. Yep. Yeah, and for, for everybody to know, Cole is on the the eastern the eastern side with a little bit of a different uh, habitat and weather conditions. It is a it is a freak show out here, and it's a freak show because of the weather as well. Right now. Yeah. So, but it's crazy because I'm like, no, I could like people are like, you should probably just hunker down, Cole, and stay there. And I'm like, no, I, I'm good. I can I can drive in this. I know how to drive in this, and uh, I can I'm capable. And everybody's just like, no, 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 it's really bad. Like I got out on my front step and I almost about just ate shit. And I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's pretty interesting because, you know, we have, uh, I believe I'm the furthest player for the Oregon Ravens all the way in Pendleton, Oregon. And then I do believe we have some that come from Tacoma, Washington, and they come down. And uh, so there's some of us that do travel and there's most of them are kind of like city folk. They're that they don't know what they're doing out there in the weather. Anyways, uh, so we were supposed to have a camp this weekend. It got canceled. They changed it to virtual. So, I mean, we're starting to put in work where we're trying to do, like, a lot of the team bonding and building. And, you know, I think that's probably one of the more difficult aspects for me is that because I'm so far away, I don't get to connect with we- these women um, or these two-spirit people 
on the same level as they do with each other because they're around each other. They're friends. They're really close to each other and able to hang out on a regular basis. So any opportunities where I'm able to be there with them, I'm usually like, let's go. So I was excited for this weekend. But, you know, um, things happen. So, But we're in the part of the season now where practices are going to start picking up. I know that January 18th is our very first field practice together as a team. So we'll be hitting the ground running from there. And our games kick off in April. So we've got a good couple of months to be putting in a lot of work, a lot of hustle, a lot of grind to start getting our team ready. And uh, it, it, I think one interesting aspect of it all has been that um, trying to see some of these these girls kind of have this like wake up call, like we're in it now. We need to be working. We need to be hitting the gym. We need to be getting these reps in. And uh, I feel pretty fortunate that as a professional athlete, that's just kind of my um, my regular my regular state is constant training. I, I don't have an off season. And I think that that was hard for maybe um, some of the other athletes and maybe even some of the coaches. They were like, Cola don't take time off. I'm like, no, I, I'm steady on it because I got to be ready so I don't have to get ready. If there's all of a sudden this crazy opportunity for fighting coming up, then I got to be ready for that. But it's just also me as an indigenous person, we as athletes are a whole different breed. And I think that's something that gets really underestimated by uh, athletics, like people who do recruiting, coaches, when they're trying to find people for their teams, whether it be basketball, football, anything else, is that our indigenous athletes are kind of underestimated. But as soon as they get one, they immediately are like, holy crap, where where have you been? And it's like, on the res. <laughs> like that's, that's where most ready of us to are. Go. Born, ready to yeah, go. Ready to go. Born and raised. An and opportunity. Just, Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something that is pretty new and probably fairly unique for this team is being one of their um, very first official uh, teammates, because there is another individual on the team. She's the hydration specialist. She's actually Grand Ron, and I believe she's enrolled out there, but uh, she doesn't play. So, I mean, it, it is a different aspect, but um, I think that's something that's been really cool to kind of see unfold for some of them. They're kind of like, all right, Cola, we see you. And I'm, I'm saying, you tell me exactly what you need done. I'll get it done. Yeah. 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 I'm sure that attitude is well appreciated. I've, um, I, uh, I had a, a, a Rachel Balkovic on the show who's um, in baseball and she, she ended up becoming the first uh, like single a manager and for the Yankees system last week, she was hired for the Florida Marlins as the lead uh, player development person in the entire organization. And um, it's, it's been, it's been incredible uh, to see that and mentioning like the, the, the hockey attendance. I just, part of me is my connection and learning here is like, I can feel, I can feel the things happening, which is why, you know, both of us have a lot of energy. I'm like, Oh, I need to, like, you know, thread the wires with <laughs> Cola uh, for a little bit. And um, do you think I, I wanted to ask a question related to what you said, the indigenous, you know, and, and the being ready and, you know, where you're coming from. Do you think when you first showed up, um, you know, when you were like ready and people were like, wow, she's like right in on this. Um, it, it, it was was that was that part of um, like kind of like what you what you were referring to like as far as like being ready to get in or was it was it like general attitude and training in jiu-jitsu like you you need to be ready and and i heard that point a couple times was that the piece where like people like whoa like she's in was that what's going on 
Um, so I think as for outside perspective, when it comes to the other the other uh, players or the coaches or the owners when they were watching, it was probably refreshing to see somebody so like ready to hop in. No questions asked. She was ready to get in there, like get her hands dirty. She was ready to put on the shell and go for it. I think it was maybe a little new. I mean, obviously it's football, so you have to have some intense personalities come in there. So I'm, I'm yeah. pretty positive that I'm not the first. But um, to show up on the very first day like like that, I think it was probably refreshing to them. But me as an individual, like who I am, it didn't take work. It didn't take like hyping myself up in the parking lot to like get out there. I think that how I've been brought up, how I've been raised and the culture that I come from, it's just this overall mindset and this heart set that's like deeply ingrained in me as a person is regardless of the space, regardless of the place or the people that I'm showing up uh, with or in, I'm mindful of how I move. I'm mindful of how I represent not only myself, but my family, my parents, my ancestors, my culture, my people. And I think that's what makes us unique as, you know, indigenous athletes is that we have that. We have this unique perspective that we're like, we have tons of people who aren't able to do things like this with their bodies or their minds or whatever the case may be. So we can, so we'll show up 110% every single time. But we also understand how precious this is. Uh, I, I feel it would be a disservice if I don't mention it, that whatever platform I'm, I'm at, whatever platform I'm asked to be a part of, I will always use it as an opportunity to advocate for my people and most specifically for MMIW, for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. So I'm trying to be mindful of the fact that what opportunities I have are so special and that I have to speak to uh, this crisis and make sure that people understand that this is something that we're still fighting. And still in the same the same breath is understanding like this could all be taken away from me in a split second because of this crisis, because of these statistics that I have this huge target in my back. And, you know, it has been getting a little... I, I don't want to say I'm nervous or scared because I don't I don't move in my life like that, but it has get, gotten to a point where I'm more cautious and more mindful because it's like when you start elevating, when you start leveling up and you start getting to these places, you have to remember that the amount of hate and the amount of negativity that's going to be thrown your way is going to be even more to try to match that. Your energy comes up. It's got to try to stay up there with it. So I, I stay more mindful about, you know, myself personally with my own safety and with my boys and whatnot. So, um, but I mean, I think that was something that the team had seen was definitely as a, a refresher is like somebody that we don't have to try to coach up every two seconds, somebody that we don't have to, you know, be on like, this is important, Cola. Like you need to be in the gym this many times a day. You need to be training this. You need to have this set out. I think, especially for the owners is that they are feeling Okay, good. We have this this athlete who's all the way across the state, but we don't got to worry about her in that <laughs> aspect. She's got that covered. And uh, but for me personally, and I think for a lot of the people that that follow me and a lot of my own people, my relatives, they already know like that, that's cola. That's how we show up as a people. So, of course, she's going to kill it out there. We we can almost like rely on her to show up in that way. So I, th I think that's what the the two different perspectives for that meant in that moment. Yeah, and thank you um, uh, in, in talking about MMIW and uh, persons, uh, girls, uh, two spirits. And it's been a, a part of the show where I've I've been open about the fact that I'm, I've been learning. And I, 
at times have uh, stumbled and, and been kind of said that out loud because I'm learning and I am not, I am not going to allow a mistake or a misunderstanding to get in my way of like diving in. And that's just that my attitude with, with, with things in general. But I think um, for me, one of the proudest things that I've done is like, uh, learning more about the issue within the labor move within the labor movement and concentration of labor and man camps and maybe what labor can do about this issue, which is a tiny non-existent conversation. And um, did some trainings with my colleagues within my union work and um, got the ability to the best of my ability to to teach and in using some of uh, your audio from podcast Rosalie Fish who I've learned uh, just uh, a ton about. Um, Jordan Marie brings three white horses, uh, Daniel. And it's been part of my learning, not as just like something to study or thing, but as hearing about this. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunity you bring in this on because it is, it, it's a deep part of my learning in, in the show. And I think if we, if we listen to that issue and we listen to what's going on in women's sports or um, and talking about football, again, it's like not to berate the listeners, sorry out there, but it's like you can get involved. You can support with money and time. You can say, like you look at the videos, like you said that these teams are pointing out, that you don't have to explain that it's football. The video shows it's football and people are down. And once you're in that area, let's make this happen. And so – I uh I get excited about it obviously which is why I wanted to uh any uh okay before I let you go any um what about uh what are you thinking on positions or is that somebody else's decision or like what do you want to do on the field position wise <laughs> So uh I would like to say that it is the head coach coach price it's his Absolutely. his decision head coach yep. head coach final decision <laughs> nothing about that no Yes and you know I think um Oh, this is a, a little bit of a topic that I haven't really got to discuss openly yet. And I'm going to talk about it with you because I feel like you're going to you're going to see me where I'm at and you're going to understand is that when I came into this, I, I did so with this mindset of just show up, show out, do what you normally do, Cola. You're you're an athlete. You perform. You're a competitor. Do what you need to do in order to let them know that you're here for real and you're not just kicking tires like you actually do want to play. So we get to like tryouts. And I think um, because it was allowing these girls to see me in movement coming from off season, because they saw me on season, obviously all of them are in this mindset of like, we're here to work hard. We're grinding. We're getting ready for game day. So they, they aren't really paying attention to the new girl that hopped on the field other than that's just another body out here. So we get to tryout days. And, you know, like I said, this is the time where players are starting to realize, like, oh, we got to get ready to amp it up. Like we're coming from off season. My body's hurt and I'm sore. But then here comes Cola, who is still pushing like she always has since last season. What the heck? Where did this come from? And I'm trying to explain to some of the girls, like, I don't have an off season. Mind you, I'm still in it, like, 365. I, like, I might have 52 rest days in a year. Probably not, but it'd be nice to have a rest day every single week. And so I think some of the... Um, some of the veterans, maybe some of the old heads, um, and, you know... Regardless of being uh, a female team, like we still have some some issues as women. Like 
we're still going to have a little bit of that, that drama side of things. I, I think men run into it too. It's just not as, oh, yeah. you know, prevalent and not as out there like it is for, for women. But, um, and I, I explained this with one of the, one of the owners and one of our, I believe he's one of our defensive line coaches. Cause they're asking me like, how are you feeling cool? Like, how are you kind of like, you know, moving in here and, um, I'm like, I'm kind of just running into the same issue I usually have always had with team sports, which is like, I get a good handful of people that really absolutely love me and they can't wait to get, get this working with me. And then, you know, you have your couple little sprinkles here and there that are kind of like, all right, Cola, mm. like you're good, but mind yourself. And so I'm like, I, I get seen as a threat sometimes. And, you know, when I run into that, I, I think of my dad, I'm like, if you don't want to see me as a threat to your position, maybe you should have been working off season. And that's something that my dad instilled in me is like, you know what? It sounds like it's their problem. It sounds like it's none of your business because you're doing exactly what you need to be doing in the off season off field. And unfortunate for them, that's just who you are as a person. That's who you are as an Indian person is just that you work. And that's because it's who we are, how we're going to survive is how we show up every single day. So I, I have ran into that a little bit. I have um, a lot of players who have their own opinions as to, what they think I should play, how they think because of my build, um, my stamina, my speed, and my endurance, and um, what they think I should be playing. You know, I have a couple of hype people on the team where when they see me, they just immediately gas me up. I think I posted a couple pictures of some of them, and it's just crazy because they really are just like, come on, Cola, like I need to get that energy. And you know what's really hard is that when you're coming into a new space, especially as indigenous peoples, we're very observant. We just want to, you know, kind of sit back, read the room, Watch how people interact with each other because, you know, we thrive on connections and we want to, you know, and we read energy. And so I've been in some spaces where it was off field and uh, you have to kind of like figure out how you're going to mesh with other people. And we do that in general. Like we we kind of just see, all right, that, that's got a good feel right there. I can, I feel like I can have conversations with that person. Ah, that's kind of negative over there. So I, I, I'll be cordial, but I'm not going to let people in too close, but that's, uh, the beautiful thing about being indigenous is our our ability to make that choice on who we connect with and who we don't want to connect with. And yeah, yeah. Um, so that's definitely happening right now. That's a dynamic within a team sport, I think. Um, so I do have quite a few people that are like, dang, Cole, I'm just waiting for you to like, I know you're kind of kicked back and just want to observe people. I'm just waiting for you to get hype. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, no, like <laughs> I can't. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, there's appropriate time and place for that. It's, I, I have this mindset of like a warrior isn't a hundred percent every single day. Like a warrior has to know when it's time to sharpen the tools and a warrior has to know when it's time to work with those tools. And a warrior also has to know when it's time to sit and reflect and remember like the bigger whys of why they're fighting. So, I mean, we're not always up there and hype and ready to go at it all the time. So it's definitely been an interesting uh, experience you know, trying to mesh with the team in that, in that regard. But ultimately when it comes down to picking a position, it's going to be up to the head coach and that's coach price. And, um, obviously as athletes, we do have the, the choice of what position we want to try out for. So when I had showed up to national tryout day, I was thinking running back and linebacker just because I like, I like to run, but I also like the fact that I'm, I'm strong and I'm a little bit bigger in the shoulders. So like, if I run, I might be able to run over some people. <laughs> so, um, that'd be kind of fun. And everybody kept talking about linebacker because like you get to hit people with your body, not just with your fists, not with just like grappling. Like you could hit people with your body. And I'm like, that sounds like my jam right there. So I got really excited about those two positions and I went to go try out for those. And I think it was when coach was kind of 
setting people up in their different areas on the field, like running backs over here, linemen over here, QBs over here, and kind of just setting people off in their ways. Um, Coach Price kind of saw me stand there. He's like, what are you doing? Get your butt over there with the QBs. And I'm like, oh, you were serious about me trying out for quarterback. So there was a lot of us that tried out and obviously there was some of us that maybe shouldn't shouldn't have been but that's not my that's not my place to say but uh yeah running back linebacker and then toss my hat in for quarterback and I mean I know um what they're telling me that they need I know what the other coaches are telling me is what they're looking for especially in a quarterback and uh, I definitely am confident that I could fulfill their every want and desire for a quarterback because I I've been very you know let them know like you tell I might not know the fancy lingo I might not know all of your guys's plays because obviously I'm new I haven't even seen a playbook yet but uh you tell me exactly what it is that you want done I can guarantee you I will get it done if I don't get it done the first time best believe the second time it'll be done and with probably some flair at the end of it and so I feel like I've really set the tone for who I am as an athlete that uh coach Price has even be like I know you will girl I ain't got no doubt in the world so um I think it's a hard thing for the other players to hear because they're like, where do you feel like you're going to be at? I'm like, wherever Coach Price needs me. And they're like, no, you got to make that decision for yourself. I'm like, I know I do, but it's not up to me. I could sit here and tell myself that I'm a like a, a, a lineman, but I'm really not. Like, I might have the heart and soul for it, but I'm not built for it. And Coach is going to call me out on that and be like, you're too small to be on that line, girl. Go someplace else. So, I mean, it, it's really going to be up to him. And But yeah. running back, linebacker, I think will be a lot of fun, but – you know, when uh, coach says, hey, you got to be out there throwing that ball for me, then I'm going to be like, all right, then you just tell me how, when, what I need to do, and I'll get it done. Well, it's a good, you know, it's a good dynamic. I see particularly with folks, you know, eyes on you and, and your openness. We don't always know. I mean, we, we might have seen a poster when we were a kid and like, that's that's who I am. And it, it might not be you, you know, so it's I think it's kind of like being open to to where you fit in and it's a team sport right so that that, that just makes a lot of sense to me and i think um, for athletes in general in general being coachable is what most teams want in almost every single sport is you want athletes that's going to be coachable you don't want somebody that's so set in their ways that is just like no i'm not going to do that because you could immediately get dropped for not wanting to listen to the coach or do what the coach is going to tell you to do so i think that's something i've always tried to carry is like if they want me to do something, I'll, I'll get it done. If I enjoy it, like I'll make it fun. But if they need me someplace else, I'll do exactly that as well. So I, I think yeah. it just comes down to being coachable. Ton of respect for that. My my uh, athlete days are way back when I was in my teens. But uh, team sports were difficult for me, and I'd have more conflict with my own teammates playing basketball than I ever did with anybody else. And uh, it became manifest. It's just it's it's you know it's a, it's it's a dynamic, and um, I, uh, I I'm really excited. Uh, f- I'm really excited for you in, in doing this and hearing about um, your approach and uh, just kind of connected with all the uh, uh, aspects uh, in your life. Cola, where do um, on, on all the things you talk about, uh, what, do, what are your handles? Where do people find out info? How did they connect on advocacy uh, for the for the ongoing crisis, uh, missing and murdered indigenous women? Uh, what, what do people do? Yeah, so if people are looking for me specifically on both Facebook and Instagram, I'm at Cola Shipping Tower. And a lot of the different resources, a lot of the different topics. I, I don't have separate um, social media accounts or anything like that. If you if it's football related, if it's MMA, if it's MMIW, everything is all on those accounts. Um, 
people definitely feel free to message me if they're looking for information on one topic or another. But that's that's where I post everything that I'm I'm up to, everything that I'm doing, or everything that I'm advocating for. Yeah, yeah, and I I'd like to thank you directly, Cola, for your time, um, spending time with you. Uh, when I say that you've had an impact upon me, just thinking or new things and and learning um, that continues and just having excitement about seeing you play football. Um, I was really excited. Uh, I'm a, when it comes to the NFL, I'm a New England Patriots fan. And of course, long-term coach uh, Bill Belichick uh, has moved on and 37-year-old Gerard Mayo, African-American, uh, immediately hired into that position. And I just, I just jumped for joy. I was like, this is it was exciting. It was just exciting to see that significant move from a significant franchise and the uh, disparate hiring uh, that exists, particularly within college ranks, but also uh, the NFL for a lot of great coaches, players, coaches um, who have been overlooked. So I hope there's just a growing energy all around of, of seeing what's going down. And like I said, even with the the, the, the women's hockey league, People don't buy tickets if they don't want to spend money and go see what they're seeing. So the proof, the proof is right there. And I just implore everybody to be get behind the league. And uh, I'll wait until coach makes a decision upon uh, where you're playing. But I'm sure you will uh, excel. And I'm looking forward to the to the cola energy on the field and everything you do. Well, thank you so much, Ken. I, I really do appreciate the the times and the conversations that we have. And I really, truly, I think one of the, the bigger things is um, your willingness to learn and the humbleness that you carry in saying, I don't know about that, but I will definitely reach out to people that do. And I think we need a lot more of that, especially when it comes to MMIWR and people trying to find the ways to help and it's gonna always come down to support indigenous voices, support indigenous people. Um, I don't think that there's any amount of doctors who are non-native that have all these crazy degrees that could ever come into a space and tell people how to help solve this indigenous issue. It's gonna be indigenous people, it's gonna be up to us and it's gonna be um, us telling everybody how it needs to be done. And then it's gonna be the law enforcement, government entities and agencies that are gonna to have to listen to the people to understand what it is that we need and what we want done to get this issue resolved. So um, I think it's definitely very big of you to be able to be willing to have such an open mind and open heart when it comes to this topic and any topic for that matter. You strike me as somebody that really does you know, dive into information. And I think we need a lot more of that um, from our non-native um, allies as well and advocates. So, I mean, that really is big and I really do appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's a natural tendency I have. And if it's supported, that's, that's the way that I go. It's been absolutely great uh, to talk with you. I'm reporting here on the east side of, uh, on the west side of Oregon, of course, over the mountain uh, from Albany, Oregon, uh, Kalapuya lands. And uh, it is, uh, it is, it's, it's ice and snow and crinkly snow. And um, the temperature is not supposed to rise above freezing until Wednesday or Thursday. So we may have a society shutdown 
for about four days o- over here. And um, so uh, wow. maybe I'll get to record some more podcasts in the ice storm. <laughs> I can, we can there go back go. and forth. Well, you got some time, Cola, when you got some time, you're available <laughs> here, you're available there. And here right. I am in Eastern Oregon, and we're just like, uh, so we're all still showing up to work on Tuesday. We're going to be just fine. I mean, we're, we're okay over here. That's why whenever I hear people are shutting down or keeping themselves at home, I'm like, oh, that's the thing. But man, well, before, uh, before you kick me off of here, I do want to remind people that there's so many different ways that you can support, um, me and my journey with the WNFC. We have replica jerseys being, um, ordered right now. There is a huge push, uh, to get them done because there is incentive to the players. Like I said earlier, it's a pay to play situation. Um, so everything that we're doing is in some sort of way to be able to help us and be able to help our team and help this entire league grow. But ultimately, I, I'd like to remind people that I, I utilize every single platform that I have in order to advocate for my people. So um, the more attention I bring around it, the more possibility I have to be able to speak on the issues that I'm passionate about, most specifically uh, MMIW or even, you know, S1723 with residential schools. That's something that I've also been talking about quite a bit. But um, any help to me helps indigenous issues in in general. I mean, when you're helping an indigenous athlete, you're helping a community, a people, a tribe. So definitely keep that in mind. But those replica jerseys, um, tossing my name on there, Shippen Tower, and I'm number 29. That is my official jersey number for the season of 2024. But I have all that information on my Instagram and also on my Facebook. And uh, if there's any businesses out there that are looking to be a team sponsor for the Oregon Ravens, we have... Excellent. I'm really impressed by the sponsor packages that the Oregon Ravens are providing to sponsors. Um, If that's something that anyone seems like they're interested in, definitely reach out to me and I can get those connections made. But man, I wish I could talk about all the things that they're offering those things that it's like team or uh, season tickets and one of them or uh, tickets to some of the other big games. There's merch. There's just tons of stuff. I I really have to put the list in front of me, but there's all several different types of levels, but yeah, doing things like that definitely help out, help out in the long, um, long run. But if anybody also wants to be an individual sponsor to me in my journey with WNFC, um, reach out to me on those social media handles that I gave you earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, no big shock. uh, Something rather nothing podcast and Ken Vellante in particular will uh, be on not only the Cola support uh, train and continue that, but um, for for the league and and for your for your teammates. um, Again, you know, uh, merch, man. Everybody's about merch. Get the merch out there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it looks looks bad. Looks badass. (laughs) It does help build up the league, but man, this is exciting. I'm looking forward to this opportunity. Thanks so much, Cola. Uh, great seeing you. And for folks, if you missed Cola on the first uh, interview way back when, oh my gosh, Cola, it's interview uh, episode number 121. Uh, I'm going to be hitting 250 episodes. Uh, so you're, 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 you're right there. I hope that's in the heart of when I was just, uh, getting my, uh, getting my strength <laughs> in my legs, you know, not the first 10 episodes, which were good, which were good, but yeah, you know, yeah. kind of midway is like, all right, Ken's hitting this thing. So wow. <laughs> two fifty. That's pretty awesome. I think we'll have to just make this like, what do they call that? The, um, what do they call those? Like the century celebrations centennial. Yeah. There we yeah. go. We'll just we'll just keep Cole on there for in the hundreds, the two hundreds, three hundreds. You never know. By three hundred, I could be something completely different, and everybody be like, "Whoa!" 
Yeah, I, I'm not even going to predict what that'll be, and it could be, it could be, it could be related to what we're talking about, but it could be uh, quite completely uh, left field, you know, completely different. And it, well, once you stake out that territory, I've done it myself. Once you stake out some territory where people kind of look at you sideways and be like, "What the fuck are you doing now?" Then, mm-hmm. <laughs> then, then you even just more stay. motivation. Like, let's go. I'll do it then. <laughs> All right, you're drawing comics now. Sure, why not? Yep. <laughs> All right, Cola. Um, uh, much love from me in the in, in the show. Uh, best of luck. Stay healthy. St- stay strong. And thanks uh, for everything you taught. Katsuya, This is something rather than nothing. Listeners, to stay connected with us and our guests, visit somethingratherthannothing.com. Join our mailing list for exclusive updates and access to guest-created art. If you enjoyed this episode or any episode, please like, subscribe, leave a review on your podcast platform. People really read that shit. Your support helps us reach more listeners and spread our community across the planet. This is a global show, and we like to give a shout out to our many listeners across the world, including many listeners in Canada, Spain, Germany, UK, Argentina, Brazil, India, Thailand, and so many more places. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at something rather than nothing podcast for behind the scenes content. And the best way to help the show is to tell your friends about us. If you love it, they'll love it, too. Tell your friends who love it. We love you. This is Something Rather Than Nothing podcast.